following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. Oh, some kind of doll. Yes, folks, that is right. It is Festivus. Happy Festivus, everyone. It is December 23rd. It is a Monday. It is Full Press Radio Live. I am your host, Ian Glendon, and joined, as always, by my man. He is the king of the feats of strength. He is Mr. Rhode Island. He is Mike DeBate. Mike, how are we doing today? La, la, la. Happy Festivus, my friend. December 23rd, a Festivus for the rest of us. And we've been waiting for this show all year long. I mean, it feels like we've been just waiting for Festivus all year, and it's finally here. Yes. yes, it is. It is back. The pole is out of the crawl space. We are ready for the for the feats of strength. There is no tinsel required. Frank Costanza finds it distracting. <laughs> we are ready to go here this morning on a Festivus episode of FBC Live. You know, to be honest, I'm pretty sure we, we started this uh this show solely for the purpose of doing a festival show so we're, we're we're pretty excited and and fortunately for us it, it happens on a monday so it gives us a chance to just really dive into what we saw uh this weekend uh in two great days of football i mean i mean have we ever had a better uh stretch of three games on a saturday or just any day in general like think about thanksgiving and and you know we get three games on thanksgiving and generally there's you maybe get one that's that's you know really uh, entertaining, but uh, Saturday we got three great games, um, and then Sunday obviously there there was a bunch. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. Like I said, it's it's uh, we're we're down to one week left in the NFL season, regular season. It's 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 mind bottling. <laughs> it is. Uh, Ron it Burgundy really is. Says, uh, Absolutely it's, yes. Um, mind bottling. I love yes. <laughs> Great use of the tease there, my friend. I oh, really course, appreciate that. But uh, no, it really is. I mean, that Saturday slate was about three of as good a games as you'll see in the NFL. Exciting, hard fought. Either of the teams that played in any of the three games could have come out on top and no one would have batted an eyelash. It was really just an amazing, amazing slate. Uh, Sundays were a little up and down. There were some games that were pretty good, some games that weren't. But, uh, you know, all in all, I think it was a great weekend for football. I think if, if you're a fan of an NFL team, chances are your team played this weekend and played a pretty meaningful or at least an entertaining game. So you look at what's going on in the NFL. It was definitely Saturday was, was the gem of the two days without question. Mm-hmm. And we got a big one coming up tonight too. Yeah, and and that's the thing; it doesn't it doesn't slow down because we just keep 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 on rolling uh, with Minnesota and Green Bay tonight. So, um, and that is what is what you would call um, uh, feats of strength. 
It's time for the Festivus Feats of Strength. Yes, that's right. And the Feats of Strength in the NFC North is going to be decided. Who's who's going to be walking around uh, the, the king of Festivus or the king of the NFC North? Because we got the Vikings and the Packers both vying for that top spot. Right now, the uh, the, the Packers have the edge uh, with their record. However, uh, you know, I, I personally think the Vikings are a better team. So th- this is going to be a fun game to watch tonight. And, you know, to be honest, like I said, that... The NFC is such a wide open conference. I mean, from top to bottom, uh, we we saw what we thought was a team in Seattle, and and talk about a team that's disappointed me, especially over the last month. Uh, a team like Seattle is just. I mean, how do you how do you lose to Arizona? You know what I mean? Like, how do you in in the midst of a, this playoff uh, run uh, just become a team that's just mediocre? And and I saw some people bring up the fact that like. Um, for the first nine weeks of the season, uh, Russell Wilson was just playing incredible, and it masked a lot of problems. And it makes sense because, you know, I'd say after nine weeks, I personally had Russell Wilson as probably my my MVP front runner, and I thought it was going to be hard for him to lose it. But um, his plays tailed off a little bit, not in a negative way, just, you know, you're not going to keep up the pace that he had early on. And I think this team and, and some other, others have opined that uh, this team is just uh, not has isn't as good as people thought they were, and they're now being kind of exposed a little bit. And it 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 kind of seems legit because, I mean, man, just like I said, just a few weeks ago, you're thinking about the Seattle Seahawks as like a team that's like all of a sudden like, oh man, like this team is quietly doing some damage. And uh, you know, I know, I know, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Saints and 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 the Forty ers getting all the attention, but. Watch out for the Seahawks, and now I'm, I'm starting to think the Seahawks might be the worst of that group of teams that have 11-12 wins in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you play a divisional opponent like the Seahawks and the Cardinals, these two teams know each other very well. It's ironic. Friday after our show, I uh, do a, a guest shot every week on uh, Snowman in the Morning, which is also available right here on the FPC Radio right. Network. And Snowman has uh, been a big proponent. Uh, he's he's about as dialed into the NFC West as anybody out there. He's a big 49ers guy, but he knows his stuff about the Seahawks, about the Rams, and about the Cardinals. He told me quietly offline, he says, watch out for this game for Seattle. This is a trap game for them, and Arizona can play them tough. They showed that last night, and, and just an amazing, or yesterday, I should say, but just an amazing game uh, for uh, for the Cardinals coming out on top. Yeah, the Seahawks, they took a trip back down to earth yesterday. I mean, is this still a team that's capable of winning in the playoffs? They do have veteran leadership, so I never discount a team with veteran leadership when it comes to the playoffs. I still think there's enough talent there to be able to win, but it really does make you wonder whether or not they're capable of knocking off one of the top two teams, I think, in this uh, conference. 49ers. I think those two teams mm-hmm. have established themselves as the uh, the gold standard. Uh, we said it last week that we thought those were the top two teams. I think this weekend bared that out. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Seattle and how they rebound from this going into the final week of the season. Um, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, big win for Arizona, really. I have to credit them. They're on yeah. the cusp of something really special there. Yeah, and talk, talk about a complete 180 uh, from, from the end of last year because, you know, the end of last year, that team looked like they were more lost than they were coming into the season. Uh, Josh Rosen obviously looked like not the not the player that they had hoped would be. Obviously, Steve Wilkes was not working out. And, uh, 
credit to them. They they made a change quickly, and that's something that we you know we'll talk about here in a minute. That another team could take note of uh, heading into this off season um, and moving forward if they want to save their their future as a team. But you know, look, Kyler Murray for all the you know criticism he's gotten for his size and just you know okay, is he going to be able to come in and do this as Cliff Kingsbury? You know, a guy that was you know, mediocre at best in terms of record, you know, at Texas Tech and, and, and in college. Was he going to be able to come into the NFL and and really make an impact? And look, they, they've really started to turn things around. They've, they've made some progress. And for a team that's really been down in the dumps for quite a while, um, it's very promising for them. And look, this is a this is a big late season win against a, a, a very good division rival and a division that is you know, despite what these teams, you know, whether they even take a little bit of a step back next year, uh, it's still a pretty tough division to be in, even if uh, the Rams aren't what we thought they were, or uh, say the Seahawks take a little bit of a step back. So, um, you know, obviously the big thing is you want to make sure that Kyler Murray's healthy. He was a little bit banged up there, uh, you know, at the end with the uh, with the hamstring injury. But, um, you know, for the most part, like this is a this is a team that's just uh, looks like they're trending in the right direction. It looks like they might have made the right choice in quarterback and coach. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But good, big, 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 big win for uh, the Cardinals and a just a really tough loss for the Seahawks because, you, you know, it's not just you're not going to get home field advantage or, you know, you're not going to get a, a first round bye. It's that, you know, you, you when you when you sit here and try to figure out who you're going to play in that first round or in that divisional round. Um, it, it, you could be going to Green Bay. You could be going to San Francisco. You could be going to, um, yeah, you know, any one of those teams. It, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. So uh, hats off to uh, whoever uh, <laughs> wins out and gets those top two seeds because it's going to make your life a lot easier in the NFC. Yeah, it definitely will. I mean, there's no question about it. And you look at how the rest of the NFC, uh, you know, is shaking out and some of the surprises that we've seen there. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get to those in a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the NFC West right now is a definitely an intriguing division with three teams that you thought could you know, make runs for the playoffs that could be right in the mix. Uh, two of them still very much are. One of them is eliminated. And I think they, uh, if you talk about the airing of grievances, that might be a big grievance in Los Angeles right now as to how that team, uh, you know, put yep. forth their effort. And their future is, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, this is going to be a tough road for them uh, coming up because they've been a lot of question marks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of difficulties to uh, to fix on that one, but uh, yeah, it was it, it definitely is interesting. But I'm glad that you brought it back to uh, uh, to the Cardinals and an impressive win for them. We'll see what the Seahawks are made of, but yeah, Saints and uh, 49ers definitely impressive over the weekend. Are you uh, are you concerned at all with the Saints defense because they seem to uh, be giving up a lot of points lately? I feel like uh, it's just it's one of those things you you going into the playoffs you'd like to see them uh, tighten it up a little bit and you know giving up 28 points to Titans is, is not the way to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a valid concern. Look, I mean, the, the Saints defense has been better this year than it has been in years mm -hmm. past. You know, the, before this was a purely an offensive juggernaut with a defense that could make stops and make plays, but it wasn't a lockdown defense that you came in and said, oh my God, we have to keep their defense. We have to score on their defense. It was always, we have to try to prevent Drew Brees and the Saints offense from scoring points. I think it's gotten a little bit more parity this year, but it does concern you. And I mean, when you look at, I mean, for that matter, the 49ers are allowing a lot of points, you know, it's, 
it's one of the things where you look at these teams and how they're constituted and how they go about doing their business to win. I think in terms of defense, I think the 49ers are a little bit better equipped to be able to, to ratchet it up. I think they've run into some you know very good offensive teams lately, but I think there's a little bit more talent on that side of the ball for them when it comes to what uh, to the defense. So I'm a little less concerned about San Francisco, but when it comes to New Orleans, yeah, it has to be a concern. Uh, when you start you know hemorrhaging points this late in the season, you have to either credit the team that you're playing now. Granted, the you know the Titans are we're playing, coming in playing very good football, so it's mm-hmm. not like they're you know giving up points to the Cincinnati Bengals or anything like that, which actually ended up being an interesting game yesterday <laughs> between that, the Bengals and the Dolphins. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot. It of fun. was. That was actually really fun. We almost witnessed the uh, the canonization of Andy Dalton after well, that game. Imagine, but, uh, imagine, imagine coming back down twenty eight to six and and bringing it to overtime and almost winning. It, it's. It's like the only thing more impressive would be to actually win and actually and have that game be like a Super Bowl or something. But you know, I, yeah, I know. Tell me about all oh, that. Not that that's happened. happened but, you know, that, yeah, that's not impossible. that that could ever it's happen impossible. in the realm of possibility. And you know, of course, uh, oh, but of course, if, if that did ever happen, all you would have to do is just say the team cheated, and that make you feel better. So, that's right. you know, but uh, in any case. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, th- there is a concern though. To bring it back to your uh, your point, I, I I didn't forget your point. By the way, uh, the yeah, the New Orleans Saints defense does concern me a little bit, especially with some of the points they've been giving up. Um, yeah, they're going to need if they have that bye week. They're definitely going to need it to scheme and to be able to uh, to develop some packages out there that are going to be able to contain some of these teams because it's obvious now the 49ers can score. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've seen them be able to put points on the board. Uh, Seattle, if they get hot, they can start scoring the football. So NFC does have some teams this year that can put the ball in the end zone. New Orleans has got to put the clamps down if they want to be among the last team standing. Yeah, and, and look, I feel like New Orleans is a team that uh, is going to need home field advantage if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Um, you know, I like them a lot better if they're in New Orleans in the... <laughs> Excuse me. Wow, I apologize. There's nothing I can do when I'm on camera and I have to sneeze. It just kind of happens, so... No, that's all right. See, Ian is on. Ian is on tape. What you're seeing, folks, is like tape delay. Ian's actually working at the Festivus Bagel Factory because that, boss right. wouldn't give him the day off. So that's the H bagel H. dust that you're seeing. That's, that's right. the H and H bagels. That's right. That's yep. right. Um, no, I. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just very fortunate that it was. It was no. Uh, no projectile on that one because that would. That would have been a little bit uh, more. Uh, <laughs> more difficult to uh, contain and to hide. Yeah, that, that's a little more Ian there. than we want to see on a Monday yeah, morning yeah, on yeah. Festivus. We, yeah, we, that, that could be a grievance in and of itself, my friend. We we don't know that. And off air, I, I I told I told Mike I've been I've been dealing with a little you know being a little bit under the weather, but that was not going to stop me from being at the show. So you're just gonna have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. look, look, and and one of the things before we move on from the, the NFC West here and this NFC uh, uh, fight for the uh, top two seeds, uh, important uh, San Francisco and Seattle has been uh, moved to the Sunday night football slot next week, so that we're going to get another good Sunday night football game um, to to end the season. And uh, again, this is obviously it will have a lot of playoff implications because uh, Seattle will ha- still have a chance. So um, for for various playoff seating, so it, it's it's. It's going to be hopefully another fun week of football. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Bengals and Dolphins game, and I, I just want to go back to that real quick because that was one hell of an entertaining game. And, it was fun. And that couldn't, you know, for the Bengals, like, you know, they probably didn't want to win that game because, again, a loss guaranteed the first overall pick. And, and you know, at this point, you know, that's that's what you're playing for. Uh, 
aside from that, this couldn't have happened any better for them. They they showed a whole hell of a lot of fight in coming back and 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 pushing this game to overtime. And at the end of the day, they ended up losing. So they locked up the number one seed. So for the Bengals, you know, you gotta you gotta find the silver lining in this. And and obviously, they're gonna have their their choice of quarterback or whoever. But you know, it, it seems like they're you're t- gonna take a hard look at Joe Burrow and and obviously go from there and hope that he's the right guy. Um, but but the uh, the red rifle really showed something <laughs> last night or yesterday, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. No, it definitely was, without question. I mean, you know, you look at teams that don't have a whole lot to play for right now, and the easiest thing in the world is for these teams to mail it in, put their feet up, and just say, you know what, looking forward to next year. I got my eye on the, you know, I'm making plans. I'm I'm ready. Once the season is over, I'm going on vacation, things of that nature. We've seen teams do it. We've seen teams put it away and just completely quit. Even teams that are in contention, and we'll get to yeah. them in a little bit. But, um yeah, to see the fight between the Bengals and, and the Dolphins and to see the Bengals just have, you know, that pride to be able to claw back. We saw it a couple of weeks ago, my friend, mm-hmm. when these when this team played the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots broke it open. But to open that game, Joe Mixon can run the ball. I mean, there is some talent in Cincinnati. I think it's just been a matter of them not been able to bring it all together. They had some difficulties, had bad quarterback play to begin with. Um, you know, they went to Ryan Finley. Obviously, that never worked out. And uh, they had to bring in uh, Andy Dalton, who's actually played pretty well, believe it or not, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Pats game. Uh, he's actually played pretty decent uh, the last uh, uh, few weeks. So, you know, we'll see what happens in Cincinnati. I just I think they're right now they've locked up the number one seed uh, at barring any massively unforeseen circumstances. Joe Burrow will probably be the quarterback in Cincinnati next year. And with some of the talent, the young talent that they have in that club, maybe this might be the break that Cincinnati needs. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun game to watch yesterday, especially like looking at the the Dolphins that were really taking it to them. And all of a sudden you're looking at it and going, the Dolphins going to come in riding a huge, huge win uh, to Foxborough. We don't expect that to be a very hotly contested game, but you never know. Ryan Fitzpatrick is capable of putting up points against the Patriots. We've seen him do it in the past, but having the, the Bengals claw their way back in and, and, and show something kind of lets you know that uh, these two teams were – really fighting for pride at that point but a fun game to watch nonetheless yeah it was it was very fun and and it, they almost they almost pulled off the uh the festivus it's miracle. a festivus miracle almost almost that because that would have been one hell of a comeback uh i think uh what two touchdowns in 60 seconds at one point they got the onside kick um two point conversions it, it was it was wild like i mean, I mean again this would, this would have gone down as one of the greatest like regular season comebacks of all time and you know in a, in a game that's really meaningless i mean it obviously it had draft order implications but you know even even if the bengals had won they they still were in the driver's seat for that uh top overall pick especially since the uh, the giants won um which was i mean again if you're if you're a fantasy football owner and you have saquon barkley uh this was worth it. It, it. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he was uh, he missed games throughout the season. If you made it to your championship game and you have Saquon Barkley, um, you're loving it right now because he had a huge game. Giants win 41-35. Daniel Jones um, tossing. I think he threw five touchdowns. I think it ended with five touchdowns. He was at four, and then I think he he had that one capper at the end. So uh, yes, he did five yes, touchdown. He did. Yeah, five mm-hmm. touchdown passes. And then I just right before we got on the air. I saw this video. It was a video shot. It looked like after the game, but it was at some sort of bar or whatever. And the Giants were kind of partying a little bit. And uh, <laughs> Eli Man- Manning and-, and Daniel Jones were playing flip cup. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, 
it, it was pretty funny. I, I'm not going to lie. That, that it, was, it was a pretty uh, entertaining little uh, video. Um, if you haven't seen it. I mean, I literally just saw it before we uh, hopped on air here. So um, Yeah. It was, and, it was, and you know, it has to it has to make you wonder in in, uh, in New York whether or not that's this may be saving Pat Shermer's job. I mean, a lot of people still believe he'll be fired. I don't know. I mean, I guess you can make the argument for it. You can make the argument against it. But these guys are having fun, and they're starting. It is. It, uh, they, you're absolutely about right. The same but uh, gameplay. Yeah, and, and exactly. He has a far worse record. So but. he does. He absolutely does. But at that point, if they're finishing the season on a stronger note, you you have to wonder. Maybe these guys are starting to play for them, and maybe they're they're building something uh, special in New York. Uh, I think it's still a couple of years away, which is, I believe, why he probably will be replaced. But at the same time. You know, it, it makes you wonder whether or not, you know, they're, they're starting to string something together where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's try to move forward and see what we got. Uh, that's going to be an interesting offseason in New York. Mm-hmm. It, it really is uh, because they definitely have the talent budding on both sides of the ball. They just need someone at the top that's going to bring it together. If Shermer's starting to do it, I say give him another chance. But if he's not the guy and you know he's not going to be the guy, then now's the time to make the uh, uh, the, the change and the switch and go to someone different. Yeah, and uh, talking about an interesting off season, and <laughs> I mean, we, I, you know, again, we, we, every, every channel talks about this team because, again, they're they're quote unquote America's team, but um, the Dallas Cowboys have just absolutely. I mean, I, I'm so glad that today is Festivus because if I were a Cowboys fan, I mean, I, it would just be nonstop grievances from me because um, you've been in the driver's seat for the NFC East for weeks you you had what seemed like a massive lead because of how poorly obviously the Giants and Redskins have played but uh more importantly how poorly the the Eagles were playing and even then then they aren't playing their best football and they're they're now obviously they they have the 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 fast track to the NFC East after uh beating the Cowboys 17 to 9 and uh you know if I <laughs> if I was in that uh luxury box with uh with Jerry Jones um uh, this is what I'd be telling him my son tells me your company stinks yes because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do they stink um you know we we've been we've been talking about this team for a while and it started off with they they look like they're playing really well but let's wait until they play a, a really good team because, you know, this is a team that, unlike the Patriots, have yet to prove it uh, in, in the recent history. So they didn't come in with a little bit of cachet. So they, they got, you know, the Patriots, in my opinion, should get more credit for beating up bad teams because, again, we, we know what they are. The Cowboys, we never knew what they were. We assumed they were a really good team. They had what we thought was a really good quarterback. We we thought we they had the best running back in the league. And you talk about a guy in Amari Cooper who, yeah, he's not – He's not Mike Thomas or Julio Jones, but he's still a, a tier two top receiver. So um, you combine that with uh, a really good offensive line, an offensive line that just a few years ago was was hands down the best in the league and a, a fairly decent defense. And you, you would think you'd have a good team, at least a team that could beat some good teams. And they've just not been able to do it. And um, I, I would be shocked, shocked if if if. Jason Garrett survives this season. I mean, I didn't think he was going to to begin with. Um, I'm surprised he made the flight home from Philly yesterday. It was that bad. I mean, you you got you got to just you you got to move on. I mean, because if not, I mean, you got to figure that Jerry Jones is frustrated, and we've we've seen him uh, some very uh, 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 telling visuals of him sitting in the box and and kind of walking out 
when the game is over and you can just see it on his face. He's frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't see how, um, I don't see how you can bring Jason Garrett back and that coaching staff back and try to expect anything different because like, this is just what this team is. 500 at best, mediocre. Yeah, without question. I mean, uh, you know, and, and I think you've finally seen the end of of the days for Jason Garrett in Dallas. I mean, there's no, there's no way, there's no way they can bring him back. And I mean, I can't even put any type of a positive spin on it and say, well, barring anything unforeseen, you know, no, there's, this is the end. There has to be a, a change. Obviously this team quit on him because there is talent on both sides of the ball in Dallas. It's a little bit of a better defense than people give it credit for. There's a lot of offensive skill weapons. I still think Dak Prescott is a pretty good quarterback. I don't necessarily think he might be the prolific quarterback that we thought he was. I think a lot of the success that he had was against pretty poor teams. We've seen him come back down to earth a little bit, but I still think he's a very good quarterback and someone this team can build around, especially you take a look at Zeke Elliott. You mentioned Amari Cooper. There is talent in Dallas, but there's just not leadership at the top that that's required to bring this team to where they need to be you hear all the time about michael bennett trying to uh motivate this team in the uh in the locker room on the sidelines i think they need veteran leadership as well i think they're lacking that i think they're lacking something to bring this together and that the, that core of veterans that are in the locker room that are on the sidelines that motivate these teams to be able to do well that's something that i think they're in desperate need of in the offseason and absolutely, without question, a change at the top. So, yeah, frustrating season for Dallas. It usually is this time of year. Unfortunately, yeah. that's been their modus operandi now for quite some time in Dallas. Also want to credit the Philadelphia Eagles for coming in and not giving up on this division. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they were, you know, fledgling and they were really putting up some some bad numbers and they just weren't, you know, being the team that everybody thought they were going to be. And, you know, they kept fighting. They kept clawing. And they're clawing their way into the playoffs right now. And I think that's something that uh, is is something they deserve credit for as well. Yeah. And, and look, and, and I'm not trying to, t- I, I still don't think they're, they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. It's a nice story, but um, I, right. I, I think this speaks more to just how, how bad the Cowboys are. I mean, and I, I, th- I think we can say that now they're just a bad team because again, you can, you can look at who they've beaten, who they've lost to. Uh, and you, you can say there's, there's not a real good win in there. And um, yeah, you're uh, absolutely at, right. At this point in the year, there's, I mean, it, it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I have no faith in them to somehow turn it around and wait and, and win next week. And and you you brought up like this seems like a a, a similar story. And uh, I saw a tweet last night. And in in the last like six or seven years, the 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 Cowboys have played, you know, any one of the NFC East teams. What a handful of them have been the Eagles or like the Giants in Week 16 or 17. And loss 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 and it's just it's it's the same thing every year and and more often than not these games have have huge implications just like this absolutely one. you know this yep. isn't just the end of the year oh we're both you know out of the playoffs this is oh the cowboys have a chance and they go in and they lose a late season game to a division rival and it, it's just you know to me you, you just can't come into next season expect you know with the same thing expecting a different result it's just it's just yeah. not going to happen so that's um, true you just can't yeah so <laughs> anyways speaking of coming into next season and not and expecting the same result uh the, the, the Cleveland Browns um another team <laughs> another team that i i just uh, 
I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't. So like, did they, apparently. Yeah, no, seriously, that they really did. I mean, they, they just, um, you know, if you know, I'd ask Freddie Kitchens. Like, I find your belief system fascinating. Yes, <laughs> as in the way you use your players, the way you call plays, the plays that you call. It's just to me, it's just it's this. Uh, we talked about Steve Wilkes and 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 Josh Rosen. Uh, with the Cardinals and how the Cardinals were uh, bold enough and 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 willing to admit that they were wrong and just move on and cut the cord right away. And I'm not saying the Cleveland Browns should move on from Baker Mayfield. I I, I think um, he's still salvageable. Although I I do my my uh, I guess my my hopes or my expectations for him have lessened uh, for his future because I I do think there's a lot of issues that need to be solved on his end. However, I do put a lot of this on the coaching staff. I put a lot of it on Freddie Kitchens and, and, you know, a lot of it on ownership because I said right at, you know, when this hire was made, I was very puzzled because I I thought, you know, especially when you add all this talent, um, I thought this was just a a volatile mix of, of just personalities and experience and just uh, uh, over the top expectations. I mean, these guys obviously bought into these ex- expectations into the se- coming into the season. Um, they believed these expectations. You know, they were playing dangerously. It's like you know they had the quote unquote swagger on the field, but it never produced results, and it, it quickly spiraled out of control. And it, it became very obvious that Freddie Kitchens is is way over his head. Um, so in my opinion, you, you have to cut the cord. And I mean, I mean, you saw the video yesterday. It's like, we, we talk about, uh, and I'm not one of these people who, who got out all over Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. for some of his, his stuff on the sidelines. I, I do feel like he's just a very passionate person. And sometimes that can, you know, kind of, you know, boil over into some antics that, you know, maybe other people don't appreciate. Um, I, I do think, uh, those are more, were, you know, somewhat telling just like I thought yesterday's was telling where he and Freddie Kitchens were clearly um at odds over something and it has to do with play calling and how the the offense was running and, th- and that's not a good sign when 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 your star receiver or one of your star receivers or star players are going you know face to face with you you know like I said it reminded me of the 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 uh <laughs> the story from Kramer when he's talking about the fight and he gets in Jerry's face <laughs> you know that's what it felt like to me watching those guys go at it and uh mostly it was Odell Beckham Jr. yelling and we saw him be very emotional on the field and on the sideline so um yeah, I, to me, they, they got to cut the cord on this and they got to do it quickly. They, they I, I feel like they probably should have done it a couple of weeks ago just to yeah. just to get that that elephant out of the room, get that whole uh, distraction out of there and, and find out what you got and, and see like I would if I was the Browns ownership, I would have looked at it and said, look, um, we know Freddie Kitchens isn't the guy. We don't know about Baker Mayfield. We don't know about these players. If you move on from Freddie Kitchens, you bring in another coach, you, you find out more about the players because all of a sudden the pressure is now on right. those players. You 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 yep. don't have Freddie Kitchens to be that lightning rod or that scapegoat. You know it's on the players. And if if he was really the problem, the players would you know maybe they don't you know make it to the playoffs, but at least they they come together and play some good football here at the end of the season. And they're uh, they're doing the exact opposite. And you know they they better hope that they get. Uh, the decision right next time because you know if if you get the wrong coach next year and and you're talking about another seven and nine eight and eight season, um, you're you're going to be blowing up the dam. That's if you know Odell Beckham is even there to begin with. But I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. True. Um, you you're going to give up on him pretty quickly if they come out with another bad season next year. 
Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head in so many different ways when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. It's it's really it's it's amazing. So you did a really, really great job there. my <laughs> Thank friend. you. Um, you know, that's the whole thing is I believe I believe exactly what you believe. They should have cut the cord with Freddie Kitchens a couple of weeks ago. It would not shock me to see them do that this week, maybe even as soon as today. Uh, you know, I think that there's definitely a possibility for that. The problem is now is you have one game left in the season. I mean, yes, yeah. you're officially eliminated, and maybe that's what they were holding out hope for, that this team could get a fire lit and they could possibly squeak their way into the playoffs. But I don't think really I, – I really – I didn't believe this was a playoff team since I saw them lose to the uh, the New England Patriots earlier this year. I thought that there was flaws in this team offensively and defensively. They had definite skill to be able to compete and to be able to win, but I didn't think there was enough to sustain it. Uh, and I really was never a fan of the play calling and the strategy and the leadership of Freddie Kitchens. And to me, I think you saw that yesterday when your star receiver blows up at you like that as a head coach, that's never a good sign. We see players and coordinators go back and forth. I, I got a tweet from a, uh, uh, from a, a Cleveland Browns fan that says, Oh, well, you know, Brady yells at McDaniels all the time, but nobody says anything about that. Well, it's a little different in those situations. First of all, that's his offensive coordinator. Josh and Tom are really more peers. If you think about it, yes, there is a situation where it's in a position of authority. I get it. And Tom does respond that believe me but it's a little bit different than what you saw yesterday on the sideline um if they do make a a change it yes it gives the cleveland browns a chance to play one game without that white elephant in the room and maybe they look in and say you know what we've got a lot of talent in this room let's try to bring it all together the next guy that comes in here let's play big time for him but you may have some guys that are already checked out I personally believe Odell Beckham Jr. has already checked out of Cleveland yeah. in his mind. Oh, yeah. I think he believes he's got to move on in the offseason. He's going to do everything he can to press to get to a location. No, I'm like, excuse me. Uh, I got a little, uh, little yeah. Um, yeah, but John Stadium. Um, so well, anyway, well, Jared no, I, Stidham's going to need some help, you know, out oh, there. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Stid, Stid's got to complete those passes. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's no disrespect to Jared Stidham, no, no, who no. I watched in training camp. I actually love the kid, but he is not ready to be an NFL quarterback, folks. He needs a little bit of time to season up and get to where he needs to be. Not going to bring that up. Um, but uh, in any case, yeah, with the Cleveland Browns, yeah, that is definitely a mess waiting to happen and unfortunately just all the talent that they were able to collect it just didn't work and i think they have to realize that move on if they're going to build around baker mayfield i still think there's the talent to do it but they have to surround him with the right guys and they may have to take a step back before they take a couple of steps forward yeah and um you know one one point i want to throw up there and you brought the you made a great comparison about brady and and, and uh mcdaniels and all that um i'll ask you when, if ever, have you ever seen Tom Brady yell at Bill Belichick? Never. 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 I, I don't think you've seen players yell at no. Bill Belichick. I think there's there's a reverence that comes with that position that has to be able to command. And there are very few guys in the league right now that have that cachet. But a lot of the guys, I mean, Belichick, just by reputation alone, people wouldn't do it because he's Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of guys in the league that carry that type of reputation where you just go in, maybe Andy Reid in Kansas City, you know, some of the co the coaches that have been around for a while and they've got established records and you know their prowess. Those guys are going to be guys that you have respect for just for the name mm -hmm. themselves. 
But there are plenty of good coaches in this league. You take a look at a guy like Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco. He's probably developed that type of respect, even though he doesn't quite have the name recognition uh, that some of these guys have had, just the respect that carries along with the name. They respect his ability to lead. They respect his ability to call the game. And they're going to go through the wall for him. You would never see Tom Brady or any player yell at Bill Belichick like that because of the respect level these players have for him, especially a, a, a top player like Odell Beckham Jr. If he's going up and squawking at the coach like that, then you know that the rest of the locker room probably doesn't have the respect they need to have for a head coach. Well, and and uh, the, my, my point was going to be the, uh, the difference between the coordinator uh, relationship with the players and, and obviously the head coach relationship where, you know, obviously we've seen uh, Brady get into it with McDaniels where you made a great point that they're more along the lines of peers just because of their age and just how long they've been working together as opposed to just being together for for nine or ten months uh, as, you know, Freddie Kitchens or, you know, obviously they've speaking specifically about Odell Beckham Jr. He's been there with uh, Baker Mayfield. But again, it's it's just not a it's not a great situation for uh, Cleveland. They got to move on because, uh, you know, you would think that a team that has suffered as much as they had would look at a season where they get seven or eight wins as a success. But it's it has been, you know, far far from a success and in fact you can argue that a season in which they won fewer games was actually more uh, progress than what we've seen this year because this is this has just been awful for them so um we'll see They'll, they will be an interesting storyline i'm sure they won't be coming into next season with uh super bowl hype like they were last year and hopefully they buy into that because they're going to have to realize that they're not um you know a super bowl uh, caliber team and, and very far from it at the moment so um I do want to go back to the Patriots because I'm 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 going to sit there and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to say I I was I was very happy watching that game for a number of reasons and the biggest reason the biggest reason is something that I've been I've been pre- been preaching for weeks and and people have called me a homer and a, and a Brady whatever <laughs> but I mean it looked pretty damn good yesterday and 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 it seems like. These little things that we've talked about for weeks, the continuity on offense. Um, this is the first time all season that they've had the same guys in the lineup for two or three consecutive weeks. Um, Nikhil Harry has obviously been been given more and more workload, and and I I love what he's starting to do on the field and the connection he and Brady are starting to build and and his ability to make plays after the uh, after the catch and all that. Um, but my biggest thing, and, 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 and I, I always blame that as the biggest reason for, for quote unquote Brady's struggles and, and this idea that he's losing an edge because of an age is just has never been true to me. And everyone's like, he's 42. He has no, look, you, you, with Tom Brady, you throw conventional wisdom out the door. Um, you did that when he turned 40 and 41 and he was still doing what he's doing. Um, right. to me, to me. I mean, this game kind of proved to me exactly what I've been saying in that his arm strength is fine, his decision-making is fine, his his legs, that <laughs> awkward run notwithstanding, uh, is fine, um, are fine. Uh, so to me, it, it's never been about him falling off her cliff or his skills deteriorating it's all about it's been all about the circumstances whether it's losing both your fullbacks and now a landon roberts has 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 
really made you know incredible leaps from that position and you can see it translate to a really good running game um something that the patriots were lacking early on i mean sony michelle had his best game of the year uh you know in these last couple weeks best stretch of yep. his uh season these last couple weeks so um but again most importantly to me it shows me that you know all these hopes and 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 hoping that brady is falling off because of his age just it's just not true um you look at him play you look at his arm strength you look at his decision making his ability to read defenses none of that has changed the only thing that has changed is just the drastic overhaul on on the offensive side and the inconsistencies in terms of who's out there when they're out there how long they're out there so now that you finally see that you're finally seeing some uh, again continuity that's the biggest thing continuity it, it's not about right. it's not about playing better it's just about playing uh consistently and on the same level and getting a rhythm and now you're seeing that and they did this against a really good defense so no no more excuses about oh well they can't do this against that it's it's they, they showed me a lot in a week 16 game that generally you would think isn't uh going to show you a lot about a team that that struggled a little bit here and there but uh to me that that should be a um a, a warning shot across the bow of the rest of the NFL. Let's put it that way. I'll be a little dramatic this morning. <laughs> I like it. I yeah, like yeah. the drama. I do. And I like the analogy. And I think, look, you know, what What happened with the New England Patriots this weekend is you saw a lot of bright spots. You saw yes. the defense continue to be a large force in this. I was very impressed with the 51-yard field goal by Nick Folk yes. to open the second half. This Great guy point. is only a little under a little under a month removed from appendectomy surgery. And he's equaling feats that are really not his strong suit folks everybody says that oh if it's under 40 yards you know pray for folk at this point but that was a very very good uh you know field goal and showed that he can make kicks in gillette in big moments in big games and i think that that's something that is a little bit of an encouragement for patriots fans so special teams continues to be excellent the coverage is always good but it was the re-engaging of the patriots offense and tom brady you hit you said it completed passes to nine different players. There were four receivers, three running backs, two tight ends, and a partridge in a pear tree. But we won't get into that right now. Christmas but for the first time in a while, away. absolutely. you got to get that in there. It yeah, is Festivus, yeah. but we still have to celebrate the Christmas holiday as well. And It's a Festivus miracle! <laughs> it was a Festivus miracle, Cosmo. We appreciate that because... You know, for the first time in a while, I think the Patriots looked like they were returning to that offense that they ran during the postseason last year so effectively. They ran the ball, having Tom Brady slice away at the defense in small yardage chunks. That's where this team is so capable, and it opens up so much. Until Saturday, I don't know if a lot of people believe that the Patriots had that level of precision that's required to run that type of attack. It looks easy, folks. It's not, I assure you. That type of an offense is very complicated, very high tempo, very much involved. Everybody has to be on the same page. And it's not just you have to be in the same vicinity. You have to be precision and right on the money. We saw that on Saturday. That's a very, very big key for the New England Patriots. Very impressed by Julian Edelman. Rex Burkett is someone I was very impressed with. He had that opening fumble, and it was a bad opening fumble. The yeah. Patriots were very fortunate that the defense was able to lock down, hold the Bills to three instead of seven. That could have been a disaster and put them in a hole early. But credit Rex. He made a bad move. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a bad you know, uh, fumble. 
but he rebounded from it and he proved that this team is capable, that he is capable of being a big contributor to this team. I love what he was able to do. Edelman saw single coverage. Uh, Julian looked great. I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, I thought he really showed a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. Uh, he said that when he was seeing single coverage, he was licking his chops after yeah. the game. He made that comment uh, to uh, to the, the core in the press room, and that was something that was huge uh, for Julian. And all the while, you hit the nail on the head. The Patriots ran the football. They pounded for Sony Michelle. 21 carries, 96 yards, his best game by far of the year. Uh, this is the Patriots offense. I think they figured it out here. And we've said it several times on this program. If these guys make plays and start making these catches, everyone's going to say mm-hmm. the Patriots offense figured it out. And sure enough, here we are on a Monday morning saying just that. Yeah. And, and again, this is something that I'm, I've, I've been licking my chops waiting to see because I, I, I felt, you know, again, I, you know, I've had times where I'm like, am I, am I just, is this just wishful thinking? Is, is this my, my over the top optimism just getting the best of me right now? And, uh, and, and to, to my credit, I did go back and watch more film and I was like, no, no, this is, this is, this is not me being a, a, a Tom Brady fanatic. And again, I'll, I'll never shy away from the fact that, you know, he's, you know, I grew up watching him. So, you know, again, when, when, (laughs) when you start by watching a player, uh, when you're a teenager and, uh, you now become an adult and you're now in this business covering the same player, um, it, it, it can be a little bit difficult to separate that fandom and, 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 uh, objectivity. I do think I try to do it the best I can, but, um, I have contained, contended that he has been just the same player as always. It's just, and I, and I kept pointing to 2013 as, as the closest comparison, given the circumstances they dealt with that last that year in terms of injuries uh, across the offensive board, whether it's the offensive line or not having Rob Gronkowski. Um, the issues are similar but different this year and um, uh, different in the sense that there's obviously no Rob Gronkowski because of injury. There's no Rob Gronkowski because he retired. And that wouldn't have been a big issue for the Patriots had um, – uh, uh, their fullback stayed healthy because all of a sudden your fullbacks go down and that extra blocking uh, in their run game is not there and you don't have Gronk to uh, pick that up for you. Um, so you combine that with you know Isaiah Wynn missing time, other uh, offensive linemen missing time, and it's just it led to a lot of uh, lean moments for this offense, especially when you at times go out and dress two uh, rookie wide receivers and Julian Edelman as your only receivers and and a banged up Julian Edelman at that. So. Um, but at the end of the day, this team is twelve and three. They have more wins than they did last year, and they have an opportunity to go to thirteen and three and lock up yet another first round bye after locking up an eleventh straight division title. So, um, anyone out there who sits there and says they're not a threat or this, that, and the other, they're they're just exposing themselves for uh, you know what they are, and it's just you know very uneducated. Because if you can sit here and say the Patriots are, aren't what they use. Okay, great. And talk to me in February when <laughs> they're playing in the Super Bowl again. Or look, look, even if they make it to an AFC Championship game and lose, it's like people people will celebrate in the streets when that happens. But at the end of the day, it's like, but but you know they they were still in the AFC Championship game for the the, the tenth straight season. <laughs> like you know that's that's not a you know it, it'll be disappointing for Patriots fans and and those who follow the team because again you, you expect a super bowl win every year and you know there's some validity in that um however you know when you when you look at it realistically it's like man if this team even gets to a, if this gets to a, yet another championship weekend it's just like it's it's amazing uh that they've been able to co- consistently do this and it's it makes it seem even ridic- more ridiculous that 
people will go out there and put their put their reputation on the line and sit there and say this team isn't good when they're when they're twelve and three. <laughs> like I don't I don't care what kind of every team has issues. Not not every team's perfect. Look, Baltimore is not perfect. Um, we we see it from time time and time again. And if you you think that they're gonna go in or they're gonna face New England for a second time in the same season and and roll again then then you're kidding yourself and then it's again it's a lot of wishful thinking so um i saw quite a bit from that team uh last night and um or yet yeah, on saturday rather and uh it's very encouraging and if you're a patriots fan you should be obviously very encouraged and if you're not a patriots fan you should uh you should you should, you should be a little nervous because again this is this is not a team you're going to want to go to foxborough and play i don't, I don't care what kind of bravado you put up on on tv or, or in the locker room it's just you you don't want to play this team um Real quick, and 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 to uh, I'm sure no one's surprised. Um, you know, Tom Brady was one of the uh, quarterbacks named to the top 100 team. Uh, Joe Montana was the other so far. Obviously, the full episode comes out on Friday. Um, I got you know I, I'm gonna put you on the spot, I, and I'll, I'll I'll you know what I'll I'll give you mine first, and then you can uh, you can kind of follow up and let me know what you think about it. But um, there's gonna be 10 quarterbacks total on this list, so. You know, using my what I think, who I think should be on that list, and kind of how uh, this panel has has, um, I guess, uh, valued certain players from certain eras. These are the other eight that I feel are going to end up being on this list. And I tweeted this last night. And I'll, I'll retweet it again later if you if you guys are you know obviously want to see it. But um, obviously Brady and Man or Brady and Montana are already on there. So I have uh, Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas, mm-hmm. Bart, Bart Starr, Otto Graham. John Elway, uh, Dan Marino, Roger Starback, and Brett Favre. Those would be my eight others that would be on that list. And I think it's a – personally, I think it's a good mix between the the older era, which you know you're going to get some, uh, you know, <laughs> get some from Belichick and all those guys, and then, of course, some of the more modern era quarterbacks with, with two modern era quarterbacks being in the top ten with, with Manning and, and Brady. So thoughts? My thoughts, I think you're spot on. As a matter of fact, if I were to fill out a bracket, that's probably exactly how I would fill it out. And a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, but what about Rodgers? Why isn't Rodgers in there? Why isn't Breeze in there? Exactly. You know, well, why isn't Breeze in there? And I think maybe Breeze, you can make a a decent argument that he could nip at the top 10. Um, I would probably say that because of the way this is going to shake out, that you would have a guy like Favre or a guy like Bart Starr or Roger Staubach in there. If I'm ranking my own top 10 quarterbacks, then yeah, I probably have Breeze in there over Favre. But in terms of how they're ranking these and how the NFL network is going to do that, I agree with you having Favre in there. So yeah, I do. I I would give him the nod for this ranking, even though my personal ranking would be a little bit different. I'm trying to put my mind in uh, of those that were selecting this panel. and, And I think that's probably... I would say that's a very good indicator as to how this is going to work out. Yeah, and and look, I, 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 I someone someone brought up Breeze, and I, you know, again, I'm I'm not I I love Drew Breeze. Um, I think obviously one of the things that hurts him is, and it, it fair or not, I mean, he's 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 just lived in the shadow of two better quarterbacks his entire career, um, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, uh, and you know, you can say, oh well, he beat him in the Super Bowl, this that. And it's like I look Peyton Manning. Um, you know, you you can find a lot of faults in his game as you can with Drew Brees, but um, it, 
it's just there's certain things that Peyton Manning did and and was as a quarterback that you just can't quantify that that speaks to how great he was and um I I think some people especially some of the younger crowd who who really kind of maybe saw him towards the end of his career uh don't necessarily realize but you know again coming from someone who hated loved loved watching them play the Colts because you love watching the two go at it but you hated playing them because you knew that uh, no matter what kind of season what kind of day what kind of whatever was going on Peyton Manning could always deliver if he had to and you know again we we knock his 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 struggles in the playoffs at times but at the end of the day I mean the, this guy was an excellent quarterback who who from day one really lived up to the hype coming into the you know league as a as a top pick so I I give a lot of credit to Peyton Manning I gave a lot of credit to Tom Brady I think that that kind of uh overshadows quite a bit of what Drew Brees has done and and yes it's impressive that he has the touchdown record um again when we're when we're talking about the greats of the greats sometimes you have to split hairs and you look at his uh obviously Peyton Manning had the same advantage but you know I still think he was a better quarterback but you look at um Drew Brees's is splits home in a way you know in terms of dome and outdoors and it, there's there's a significant difference in terms of production and what he can do and and obviously he hasn't had the best uh uh most consistent stretch either i mean like yeah you can talk about the team not being great or defenses not being great but you know he went three straight years of seven and nine and and again you know you're talking about cl- throwing close to 20 interceptions in those seasons so that that's an issue that you can't you know that that weighs heavily um against him in terms of uh ranking these uh quarterbacks but um i would i would have him kind of on the cusp um far closer to that top 10 in my opinion than than Aaron Rodgers I I think anyone who's sitting there saying like if he's not on this list we riot I mean that's ridiculous I mean I would be I would be uh jaw dropping on the floor shocked if Aaron Rodgers is on this list because again I I to me I I I think these guys would would sooner put Steve uh Steve Young on this list and not Aaron Rodgers because I do think um Steve Young is a very comparable uh player from one era to the next to Aaron Rodgers in terms of what what kind of things he was really good at and what he dominated the league in in terms of uh you know passer rating uh, Steve Young was like the highest rated passer when he retired obviously that's Aaron Rodgers thing now and and all that but you know similar type of players I think similar type of success um but I would, you know, if you were going to ask me uh, which one would be in the top 10, I would much sooner put Steve Young in my personal top 10, you know, which would weigh a little bit more uh, towards the more modern era, uh, just because that's that's what I'm familiar with. I, I, I didn't watch Johnny Unitas. I didn't watch these other guys. But I understand how these uh, this panel is trying to think, and I understand the history of this game. And, and you can't have a history of this game without those guys, without Johnny Unitas, without Roger right. Staubach. And, you know, the fact that, that Staubach has such a strong tie to – uh, the Naval Academy too. It's it's. <laughs> I I gotta I gotta figure that Bill's gonna give him a little extra credit for that. Oh, of course, yeah. There's no question about that. He definitely will. And you know, it, it's it's one of those things where hopefully you look at teams uh, and you look at players that have gone through this league and get the recognition that they deserve. Johnny Unitas is definitely right up at the top of that list. Otto Graham as well. Bart Starr, Roger Staubach. These were guys that set the table for the modern era quarterbacks to be able to be as prolific as they are. So hopefully they'll get there just too. Yes, and and uh, you know what this this uh, this feats of strength episode of 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 FPC Radio Live has flown by, but we had so much so much to talk about. I think we hit all the uh, all the things, but um, until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. That's right, Mike. Until you pin me, 
Um, but since we are doing this over Skype and uh, not in the same room, we can unfortunately not provide you guys with a with a wrestling match. Perhaps a pay per view event in the near future uh, will uh, get us both in the ring together. You know, maybe maybe we can do that. Maybe the people will uh, <laughs> will call out and scream for it. Um, no, this this has been a uh, this has been a fun episode. Obviously. We're big Seinfeld fans. If you've ever listened to the show at any point ever, um, you've probably heard at least 16 million, uh, 17 million uh, Seinfeld references, and they will continue. Um, they won't continue tomorrow or Wednesday, though. We are we are taking the day off, the days off to celebrate the holidays. So, you know, hopefully you guys have a safe, happy holiday. Uh, 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 holiday with your families and of course if you're traveling be safe i know there's a, definitely there's, there's a lot of uh, hectic craziness that goes on this time of the year and uh, i i don't uh you know i wish everyone to have just just a good time you know everyone just go out have fun enjoy your families as much as you can exactly i know i know it can you know i have a small family i know my my paisan over here he's italian so you know he's got, he's got a family the size of rhode island so i i get it you know that you know people deal with different you know size families and events and all that whatever you're doing enjoy it Enjoy who you're with. Um, enjoy the right. uh, enjoy the weather. That's what I'll be doing. It'll be actually it's raining here, so maybe I won't be enjoying the weather. But um, look, <laughs> we we love doing the show, and we're gonna miss it the next two days. But it's important to take a couple of days off and really um, jump into it. But when we return yeah, on it's, Thursday, it's, it's actually clear skies up here, so yeah, oh, pretty well, good. <laughs> we'll see. It, it, but it's probably like 20 degrees, so I'll I'll, I'll take what I have here. Which well, is, yeah, we won't mention that. 65, but, uh, <laughs> 70. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but we will be back uh, Thursday at 8 a.m. our normal time. Thursday and Friday, we'll start breaking down the final week, week 17. We're going to give our picks. We're going to do some more uh, prop bets, some other fun stuff, and really get into it that weekend because, again, we'll have a lot of playoff implications still to be decided, seating uh, matters, and, uh, yeah, we'll see. And then, and look, teams like the Titans and the uh, the Raiders are still in the mix. There's a chance for the Raiders. There's a chance. And we, Absolutely. We, we will yep, talk about that really on Thursday. Is. So. <laughs> yep. So, folks, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we will be back again, like I said, Thursday at 8 a.m. We will be not on the air. We will have a replay of this show on the air tomorrow, but uh, we will not be live. So, uh, for myself, I am Ian Glendon. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at IGLEN31. He is Mike Debate. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at M-D-A-B-A-T-E F-P-C. And then me, uh, our show, it's at F-P-C Radio Live. So check it out. Uh, folks, have a great weekend. Have a great uh, next couple of days. We will be back Thursday. And uh, go Pats and uh, Dallas stinks. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>